Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Believe in Saints. He is Terrence Copper. I am David Grubb. And welcome as we get ready for... Um, Christmas Eve and the Saints, a big game coming up this week on the road against the Browns. They kept the playoff hopes alive last week with a win over the Falcons. And TC, man, just, them just getting a victory, the way it happened, defense coming up big late. How important was that for this team just to finally get a win? Confidence-wise, huge. Huge and record-wise, especially if you're trying to stay in the playoff hunt. Uh, it's a very slim chance to make it, but I've seen crazier things happen expressly down the stretch, you know, so we're going to need some help, but we got to take care of what we're, we got to take care of our job first. That's winning games. And that was a big win for us. Yeah. It's, it's, it's down to 2% for the saints and their chances to make the playoffs this week. I'm looking at the schedule and, you know, the saints of course have the Browns and you look at what go- what's going on at the rest of the division and Atlanta has a very difficult game this week against Baltimore. So that should be, you know, you'd expect that the, they would lose again. Carolina is going up against the Lions, who are now 7-7 seven and, seven and, and have been really hot as of late. That's not an easy game for them. Um, the tough one, I think, this week for the Saints, I mean, the Saints are really going to have to be rooting for those Arizona Cardinals who are without Kyler Murray now against Tampa Bay. You know, that that's the one that, that's, I mean, the Saints got to do what they got to do, but that's the one that everybody's going to have their eyes on too. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think the Saints can do offensively. It wasn't perfect offensively, but I love the way they use Alvin. I love the way that they use Taysom. Uh, they did a great job of using those guys in different type looks, jet sweeps, uh, dump down passes. Uh, so they did a great job of really using Al Kamara in a different way, the way that we felt like they should have been using him the entire time. So I feel like if we come out with a game plan like that and offensively, I think we'll be okay, but we got to deal with the weather. I don't know how we play in cold weather games. It's supposed to be cold in Cleveland. It's going to be nasty. I mean, I think the Saints are leaving on Thursday afternoon right after practice to get up to Cleveland and kind of get themselves acclimated. I mean, this is an early game, you know, on Christmas Eve, but um, at the same time, I think they have. It's a game where they're going to have to rely on Taysom Hill again. They're going to have to rely on Alvin Kamara again because Chris Olave may not play with his hamstring that he tweaked last week against Atlanta, and it's in the cold weather. You certainly don't want wide receivers out there sprinting with a hamstring injury in cold weather where you're trying to get that going. And then you also have Caesar Ruiz going to the injured list this week, so you lose him for the rest of the season. You know, just when you're getting back, Eric McCoy. So I think, again, you can't you, – you're going to have this change up on the offensive line. 
the running game is going to be Andy Dalton's best friend. It is. It is. But you know what? Andy Dalton has did a great job, especially the last game. I'm referring to the last game. He did a great job of not making a mistake. He made some big-time throws, some tough throws that he made. Uh, so if he can just manage the game and we can get our run game going, well, I think we have to get creative with it a little bit. I don't think too creative, but we got to get creative with it just kind of the same way we did this last game. I think we'll be fine. The biggest thing, and this might be something that people really don't realize, we have to make sure we check our cleats before we get out there. A lot of times guys are out there and want to play in the most comfortable cleat. The comfortable cleats are the one that the molded one where you got the cleat that's kind of molded into mm-hmm. your shoe. But in this type of game, you got to go to the seven studs. That's the screw ends. The screw ends, yep. They're terrible on your feet because you actually can feel the screws in your feet through the shoe. They're terrible, but if you don't put those on in this type of game, you're going to be slipping and sliding everywhere. Uh, that's one That's one little detail that you really I pay attention to because it can really change the outcome of a game. And that's one particularly for the defense because in colder weather, the offense has a bit of an advantage in the sense that I know where I'm going and you have to react. So if you don't get that on that quick step to react, if you don't get some dig and some plant in that foot, you know, you're going down. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not going to be – I mean, look, Cleveland is notorious for having that hard turf when it gets down to the wintertime. And, and, and you know what that's like, too, just playing on that hard, cold, you know, outdoor surface, that takes a physical toll on you, too, every time you hit that ground. And, and it's just it's – it's not fun. Like, people who like it, watch it on TV who think cold weather football is fun, like, t- can you just tell them again how it hurts more in the cold than it does in the, inside or in the warmth? <laughs> Definitely. So, look, I look on TV now – and I watch cold games. And I'm like, man, how did I even play in this stuff? Because it's it gets cold. I think the coldest game I ever played in was with New Orleans. We went up to Chicago. It may have been a playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe the, the NFC Championship game? NFC Championship game. It was like 18 degrees out there. Uh, cold, cold, cold. We got our tail toe up. But – I just I still can't believe that we actually play in that type of weather because when I go outside now it's like what thirty some degrees here forty some degrees here in North Carolina and when I go outside I'm like gosh how did I go out there with no sleeves on you know just with a uniform on playing football so these games get cold and the only way you can kind of really get through these games is based off adrenaline uh, a lot of Vaseline <laughs> and some hand warmers. And, and keep your toes warm. So uh, these cold games are no joke, but no. we got to play in it. Cause both teams are playing in it. And and it's just it's interesting because the Saints again they get you get defensively you go up against Deshaun Watson, who's getting himself together. You know after missing most of the season, and we're not going to talk about that. That's you know that's that's something for another place, another time. But he is still one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. He's still able to make all the throws, you know, that type of presence, a tall, strong guy in the pocket who can do all those things. It's going to be important again for the Saints. A, you got to deal with Nick Chubb after last week with the Falcons. And we know how physical that they were running the ball um, against the Saints. So you're going to have to be that, be ready for that. And then still Watson is a guy who can move. He's not, and he's run against the Saints before. We've seen him when he was with the Texans have some big running performances against the Saints as well as with his arm. 
Yeah, that's one thing I want to see how we play again, how we play uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, not just up front, but in the secondary. One thing we have to do, we have to stay disciplined with our eyes. When he starts scrambling, not necessarily for our, our DBs to come up to try to make tackles because he extends plays with his legs and he still can throw it down the field even when it looks like he's just scrambling about to run with it. He's still looking downfield to make a throw. So we have to really stay disciplined with our eyes when we guard our receivers and stick with them and not just coming up to make a tackle because he may not run it. He may throw it. He may just be running around just to buy time. You know, so I'm really anxious to see how we're going to play him because, like I said, he is one of the best quarterbacks. To me, he's still, of course, once he get back into the groove. But before he before he left, he was one of the best quarterbacks to play the game that was in the league, the, the, one of the young up-and-coming up quarterbacks. So I want to see what he does, but I also want to see how we're going to play him. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, there's two things that he does have an advantage of. His arm strength that he brings to the table – um, in a cold weather game where wind can be a factor, he can still push it downfield. He can throw it against that wind. That's not something that the Saints are going to do in general anyway, but he ha- he can do that. And like you said, he's big like a Cam Newton, but if he starts running where Cam was going to tuck it and go, Deshaun, mm-hmm. yeah, is still looking downfield because he's accurate enough on the move with that arm that he can make big throws while moving. And that just that makes it so difficult. And with the the Saints, who have always had these issues with rushing running quarterbacks, and even last week in dealing with um, Desmond Ritter, who didn't throw it great, but still made some plays and was able to extend some things while they were able to run the ball with Algier. You know they've got to be able to shut down Nick Chubb early, and it's going to be so important for them to be physical up front and, and able to do that. Yeah. This game right here, you hit it on the head. This game right here, we got to be able to stop the run. Uh, Nick Chubb was he's, – he's a pro bowler again this year. Uh, we got to stop the run because me watching the game with Algier from the Falcons, he is a load. He is a load to bring down. He runs hard. He's one of those short, compact running backs that's thick and, and explosive. And Nick Chubb is kind of the same way. Don't waste you know, time in the hole. Yeah, he's a load to bring down, so we got to be able to stop the run. And and truthfully, in the conditions it may be in, we might be able to stack the box to stop the run, to make Deshaun Watson throw the ball because of the conditions. Uh, so these conditions may play in our favor, you know, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring an element to the game to where it's going to be tough to throw, especially if the conditions are the way they're calling for it to be. So – the conditions could play in our favor when it comes to us stacking the box and just really baiting the quarterback or throw the ball. And hopefully the conditions kind of affect them as well. That's one of those things is where in line play, your defensive line may actually have a bit of an advantage in that cold weather because especially in pass protection where the line is conditioned to go backwards in that protection to hold that initial thing, it's a lot harder when that ground don't you know doesn't hold as easy <laughs> And those back foot doesn't stay as stable. So, yeah, I mean, those things are – and the Saints have a strong defensive line. They may not have the fastest defensive line, but mm-hmm. the one thing is that the Saints do have one of the more physical defensive lines in the NFL. That's true. That's true. So, like I said, we'll see, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, I'm Honestly, I'm, I'm ready to see the Saints play. I'm ready to see us get a win. But, honestly, I want to see what Deshaun Watson's going to do. I haven't seen him play this year. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him play uh, live anyway. I haven't seen him play – so I'm I'm anxious to see what he looks like. 
Uh, and I'm also anxious to see how we how we handle him and, and what and what uh, kind of tweaks that we make when it comes to the pass rush, when it comes to rushing him. Uh, are we going to go zone? Are we going to go man? Uh, so I'm anxious to see some of these things, what we're going to do. There are three things this week that came up, and I think that I want to get your thoughts on them. Number mm-hmm. one, the continued ascension of Juwan Johnson. He is, first of all, turning himself into Andy Dalton's favorite target. Mm-hmm. But not only that, he's producing at a very high level and showing that that transition is now – he's starting to look like a tight end more. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the way he's running – it's a different – route tree it's a different attitude as a tight end than it is compared to that wide receiver and I think before he was running it a lot like a wide receiver still Mm -hmm. now you see him sitting down in different places on the field making himself available for Andy Dalton and just talk about what you see in his evolution as a as a receiver and coming into that tight end spot and now becoming a real factor for the Saints I think he's getting a great feel for the game uh, he's he's really getting a great feel for it. Like you say, you mentioned it. Uh, he's learning where the holes are at. He's learning how to sit in them, not to run out of them. Uh, so he's really getting a good feel for the game. But the biggest thing, of course, that's big for him getting a feel for the game, the, the, the play before the catch, but after the catch. The stuff he's doing after the catch, those yards after the catch are huge because he's turning maybe 12-yard catches into 30-yard runs afterwards or 25-yard runs afterwards. So his yards after catch is really producing a lot of explosion plays for the Saints. Uh, like I, said, I think for him, tra- transitioning from playing receiver to tight end was great for us. I like all of our young receivers. Uh, you got Shahid that he's still making plays for us. He's been making plays ever since he came on the scene. Yep. Olave, he's been the most consistent receiver that we had. So he's been doing well ever since he came on the scene. Uh, then you throw in a guy like Johnson, you know, our receiving core looks great for the future. You know, they look great for the future. Uh, but, of course, it all goes – and honestly, I can't even it, – it all goes back to what we're going to do at the quarterback position next year. Mm-hmm. But Andy Dalton didn't look bad this game. No, uh, and, and, tr- and truthfully, he's one of those quarterbacks that he's going to – he's going to make the right throws the majority of the time. Uh, he can manage a game. Uh, I think he's a game manager. I don't know if he's one of those guys that can go out there and win you a game again like he used to when he was with Cincinnati. But he can manage the game, and sometimes that's all you need when you have a defense like we have. But we also have to continue to be better on third down. I think it was a little better on third down this game right here, just pass with the Falcons. But we got to continue that so our defense not just stand on the field for so long. Yeah, just that – there's still, I think, and I think this is the, the the level of aggressiveness in the in the play calling at times still. Um, I think that's something that people just still kind of notice is that it feels like at times when the Saints can be a little bit more aggressive. And particularly with Alvin Kamara and getting him in space and those types of things and not settling, you know, still having that mindset. Even if Andy's a game manager, that doesn't mean you're not trying to get points. And it, and it just sometimes it feels mm-hmm. like the Saints are, are, are on cruise control offensively. And you don't have to be risky to try to push the ball at times. It doesn't have to be dangerous to do it. But it just seems like sometimes the Saints are a little too conservative. Yeah, I understand. And, and some of it may be just because of play calling. And some of it may be, you know, do, do you really trust Andy Dalton to, to make certain throws? You know, 
you really don't know. You don't know what that issue could be. Uh, so, like I so said, I'm just glad we got this last win. And I just want us to finish on a strong note. Whether we make the playoffs or not, let's finish this this season out strongly. You know, and I think that'll do that'll be great for everybody on the team, the coaching staff and the players when it comes to their future. Because they got to start identifying the people who are going to be around, the people mm-hmm. going, you know, and that's what it is now. People are auditioning for jobs and their futures. Do you mm-hmm. belong here? Do you want to be here? You know, for both sides, as a player, you got a decision to make. The guys who have about their futures and where what they want to do. Now is the time to kind of sort those things out. The other two stories. Demario Davis making a Pro Bowl. I find it so strange that in the Saints' worst year as a team, Demario finally gets some recognition and get, gets to the Pro Bowl when all these years when the Saints' defense was top five and when the team was top five, you couldn't get him a snip of the Pro Bowl. You know what? I'm excited for him because he made it. Because truthfully, I felt like he should have made it last year. He should have made it every year he's been with the Saints. Right. You know, but you have so many great linebackers out here. You know, that just that's a testament to the linebackers and the skill set of these other guys. It's also on other teams as well that are just as good and great. But he he definitely deserve it. Uh, I'm just glad he got his due. I'm glad he got his due. I'm quite sure. One thing about the Pro Bowl, usually once you make the Pro Bowl once, you usually make it consistently or you make it again the next year because it's all about, you just got to get your name out there one time, get that vote to get the Pro Bowl one time. And all of a sudden now, if you go out there next year and have, you ain't got to have a great, great year, but if you have a good year, just because you made it last year, more than likely you might get the bid and make it again. You know, so I'm glad he got his name in the Pro Bowl uh, so he can honestly get more opportunities to make it. But it's, it's tough getting to that first year, but I'm glad he made it. Yeah, because I, I think he's been one of those guys that players have always respected in Demario's game. I think that that he was undervalued. He's undervalued by fans around the league. I don't think people understand how good he is, and I think mm-hmm. he's undervalued by some coaches around the league. Like I, mm-hmm. I you know, because coaches are the third part of that scale of, of that voting mm-hmm. process, and I think that they've undervalued him as part of the Saints defense. Man, and I. I you know, I think that people discounted the Saints defense, quite frankly, even when it was producing those stats over the last few years. I think they viewed it as more of an uh, aggregate thing than that there were any individual greatness on there. And they certainly have some individually great players. Oh, yeah, they definitely do. Like, so I'm, I'm excited for him to, that the fact that he made it as well. The last thing I wanted to hit you with is that this rumor keeps coming back that Sean Payton is going to come back to New Orleans. What are your thoughts on that? Just A, do you think that that's a possibility? And B, if it is a possibility, do you think it's a good idea? Great idea. Why wouldn't you want Sean Payton to come back? You know, there's there's no love loss. You know, right. there's no love loss. He needed a year off. He needed a year off for whatever reason it was. You know, the reasoning for him taking that year off doesn't even matter. You know, but he needed that time off to kind of reset to get back, get back, kind of adjusted, you know, and now he wants to come back. So hopefully if he comes back to the NFL, why not come back? We w- you would love for him to come back to New Orleans. So I would definitely be all in uh, with him coming back with no hesitation. Uh, now you got it. You got your head coach back in place that also can be your play caller and not saying it would happen. You could easily move Dennis Allen back to the defensive coordinator 
and you can have Pete be the offensive. Uh, I don't think that happens, though. I don't think that happens. If he comes back, I don't think he keeps both offensive. You know, I, just, I think I really don't think he lets Pete go. I don't think he will let Pete go because him and Pete are like this. He might keep they Pete are, but Pete ain't make calling plays, that's for sure. No, no, he, he won't call Pete. plays. No, no, but he I, would not call plays. I think I don't think Dennis could go backwards again like that to go back under Sean again. That's that's I I, I think he's humble. I think I'm not mm-hmm. saying Dennis Howell's an egotistical man. But in the world of the NFL, I just think that there's there's a bit of pride, and like if you if you got lost your job after one year as a head coach, and you got to go back in the same place and take the get demoted at the same place, I think it's a I think that's that's hard for any man to take. You know what I mean? I think it's just it's just you know hard. What? It's hard to walk through the doors because the other people their view of you changes too, and I think it's just a hard chemistry for people who are not. Who have not don't have the wouldn't have the history with Dennis Allen. You know what I mean? Like if I didn't know you like that, if I'm a new to the organization, and if I've only been around a year or two, and I'm like, you used to be the head coach, and now you're going backwards. I think that you know it's just there's a mental thing that just kind of makes that a little harder for offense coordinator to just go back to staying where he was. That's one thing, but to go from defense coordinator to head coach and have to go back within the same thing, I think that might be, might be hard. To, to me, I think he's a humble guy. Uh, and not saying that this is all going to happen. We just kind of, yeah, we just kind of, not saying all this stuff's going to happen. But I think if Coach Payton comes back and he wanted Coach Allen to remain the defensive coordinator, to go to the defense coordinator, why wouldn't you go? Where else would you go at? Where else would you go? You're, you're not going to get hired as another head coach. No. You know, so you're going to be a defense coordinator for somebody if you get hired again. So why not? Stay on the staff that you you know everybody, you know your players, you know the head coach that's coming in, and y'all been successful. How does the money work though then? Because if you if you're firing Dennis as the head coach, do you still have you does how do you renegotiate that deal? Look, I leave that up to uh to, to, Mr. <laughs> Mickey Loomis. I leave that up to- <laughs> I hardly let Kai and them figure it out how to make that money work. That ain't our job. Right. I think it, I, I would never say you can't go home again because I don't believe mm-hmm. that that's true in sports. I don't think that that's mm-hmm. true because we've seen so many cases of where people have been able to go back. Um, while as long as you're still in your mental or physical capabilities, mm-hmm. I don't think that Sean Payton has forgotten how to coach in a year. Um, no. And like you said, I believe in life. There are times when we all need to step back and say, maybe I need to recalibrate. This isn't, you know, going the way I want it to go. It don't feel right right now. And if you step away and if he decides, I, I think you're right. I don't think it would be a hypocritical thing. I don't think it would be a thing that I would judge Sean Payton for if he said, I do want to come back. I just needed some mm-hmm. time away. I didn't want to do it for you. I, I didn't feel like I could give it what I, what everything I could. I didn't think I would have been good for the organization, but I want to come have, yeah. back. This is home. I think yeah. you're right. The fans would be open arms to it. The organization itself. Yeah, I, I don't see Gail turning him down. If he did say, I want to come back, if he picks up the phone and says, I'm coming home, I think this is like the prodigal son. I think there is a feast outside waiting for Sean Payton and the fatted calf and all of this waiting for my man. And right. they will be glad to have him back on Airline Highway. One thing that we would have to give him, though, we got to give him a quarterback. We got to give him a quarterback. 
that that right there, if if he doesn't come back to New Orleans, not saying that he w- was even coming back to New Orleans. Like I said, this all is hypothetical. We all thinking, but he got to have a quarterback. He got to have a quarterback that can run his offense, uh, and whether that be drafting a quarterback or getting a quarterback that he like to come in and run his offense. Uh, so that'll be the biggest to me when I look at it. That'll be the biggest holdup of him coming back to New Orleans is the fact that the quarterback position is in limbo right now. And we don't really know which way we're going yet with the quarterback position. And who knows there probably what maybe seven or eight quarterbacks in this draft. And like that, that people are talking about, um, you know, all the way down to, you know, and it just depends on need on draft day because we've seen drafts where it's been a lot of where we say, maybe it's not as full of prospects as you think. And then mm-hmm. a couple of good, really good quarterbacks come out of drafts. And we've had quarterbacks that were called quarterback heavy drafts and nobody panned out. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing about the NFL, too, is that the quarterback position is the hardest to draft, the hardest to scout, the hardest to predict in the development. The Saints could. You don't know. They could get a, they could hit the hit the lottery in round two or round three with a quarterback because we've seen it in the NFL before. We've seen there are star quarterbacks right now in this league who were drafted after the second round. That's true. And and one thing that we, we feel to mention, Coach Payton knows how to develop quarterbacks. He knows he don't how, know to how to draft them, but he can make them better. <laughs> he ain't drafted a good one yet, but he knows well, how to make them better. Exactly. He can he make everybody that plays in this offense, that plays on a Coach Payton, are always better once they come to New Orleans. They're always better. And that's that's quarterbacks, that's receivers, you know, including myself as well. My some of my best years when it comes to stat-wise was in New Orleans. Some of the best years of a lot of receivers that been in New Orleans was in New Orleans, you know, because they pay so much attention to detail. We can know exactly what we're doing. The quarterback will know exactly where he's going with it. Everything is so detailed and we're so prepared that you have no other choice but to be successful in this offense. You know, so like I said, we just got to get them here and get them on a Coach Payton toolage. Hopefully we get Coach Payton back. Uh, but if he don't come back, I still believe in the coaching staff we have now. But of course, if he does want to come back, arms are open. You ain't turning down. Look, there. how many coaches right now in the NFL active have a Super Bowl right how many active in the league right now is Belichick, mm-hmm. Andy Reid, and uh, we talk about like you know what I mean like the list of Pete Carroll and that's we on a decade past Pete's win. You know what I'm saying? Like we getting farther and farther from people. How many active guys have Super Bowl ch- championships? It's hard to get one, and that's I think true. people also learned to look. This coaching j- gig is not easy. Jeff Saturday is figuring that out in Indianapolis. You know what I'm saying? You can't walk off the street and just find a coach. So to me, you know, there are going to be people who are like, well, Sean Payton walked out on the Saints and now they won't take. Man, if if one of the greats comes back and says, I want to play or work for you, you figure it out. Figure whatever it out. hard feelings, whatever beef, whatever whatever problems, you'll figure it out. Mickey Lewis yep. and Sean Payton to figure it out. They boys. They Come on, their futures were tied together from day one. You know what yep. I'm saying? They had the contracts were like, if you go, I go. So <laughs> if they got to figure it out, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. 
Yeah. Like I said, I, I'm just excited for not, of course, this season didn't go the way that we wanted to go, but I am, I'm still excited about the Saints future moving forward. Uh, Cause I feel like we got a lot of good pieces that's still in place. Some young pieces. Uh, I feel like the future is still bright, regardless of how this season goes. I think the future for the Saints is still bright. You can still see that there's the cupboard isn't bare. It, it needs fixing. There's certainly mm-hmm. things that need fixing, but I don't think the house is in fundamental disrepair. You know, right. and that's the thing is like it doesn't look like this is a team that needs to be completely torn down and shipped apart and, and do all those things. There, there are holes definitely, definitely, and some of these things are injury related. That if you could just, if you could, ha- if you could have had a full year of Trevor Penning. You know, you just wonder about those things in sports. If you could have had a full year of Trevor Penny, if you could have Eric McCoy, if Jameis never gets hurt, if 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 this doesn't, if Mike Thomas doesn't get hurt, how many of those things are different? How how different is this season right now? If you've just added two more wins to their schedule somewhere along the way because of injury, this season looks very different right now. It, it, it's just a completely different season, and so that's that shows you the the, the margin between success and failure in the NFL, like that. It's nothing. True. True. That's it, man. I, I agree with you. I definitely agree. What's your thoughts for the game this weekend? I think it's another tight one that comes down to, you know, who's got the ball last and it's either somebody making a stop or getting a score. I'm going to put this one um, a lot like this week. I'm going to say uh, 21. I'm going to say 21, 18 again. I'm going I'm to put it that, that kind of number in the cold. It's going to be tough. 21, 18 saints. Man, I, I got to go a little less than that. I think the weather is really going to play a big factor. I think offensively, both teams may struggle if we can't get it. If either teams can get the run game going, I'm going to go 17-14 Saints. It's going to be a, it's, it's going to be a tight one. And, and then that's the one thing I will give this for the Saints. As frustrating as it's been, there have not been the kind of losses that you just were embarrassed by where they got blown off the field and, and you look like they just looked incompetent. So I'll say, you know, even in a difficult season, there has been a high level of pride for this team and they deserve credit for that. Each week they have been professional um, on the field and they have represented the city and themselves well. Yep. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I agree with that. Um, brother, I just want to wish you and your family Merry Christmas. Um, I hope everything goes well for you for the holidays and uh, I, I hope we get to watch a, a win uh, on Christmas Eve. Definitely, man. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well, man. Like I said, we're going to be watching these Saints play and hope they can give me a, a good Christmas gift with a win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will talk about this one next week. And until the next time, again, he is Terrence Cop. I'm David Grubb. And uh, this has been Believe in Saints brought to you by Bet Online AG. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Who that? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.